Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I might be the forever host, but today we're discussing the manga with forever protagonists. And it's a modern fantasy series that isn't an isekai. I know, right? So let's dive mm. into this crazy world on another episode of That Time I Started a Podcast to read Trash Manga with my friends. And actually, most of them were trash, but some of them weren't. AKA, the Trash Manga Friends Podcast, episode 68. These legs don't lie. Trash Manga's legacy is the strongest mimic. Today's episode sponsored by Queer Erex. You know what this show is by now. Three people discussing two volumes of one trash manga, discussing what's immortal, what's surviving, and what should be buried six feet under. I am your forever host, Eternal Sean, joined by Undying Mike and Perpetual Phil. How are you both? Definitely not Undying, but uh, yeah, otherwise good. Definitely not Perpetual. I'm Perpetual. You're, you're both more Undying and Perpetual than the current government. I'm more stubborn. No, no, wait, because by the time this comes out, we'll change government. Oh, by the time this comes out, Boris will be back in charge, yes. Oh, God, no. Don't be like that. See, the thing is, like, we're recording this slightly delayed. So, originally, when I wrote the banter section on Saturday, I was like, who will win, Cabbage or Trust? But I think Trust might have already lost as we're recording, let alone when this comes out. (laughs) First of all, it's a lettuce. Oh, I'm sorry, might be. You know, fact check anyone now, okay no you want to fact check me then mike fine because this is something i don't actually know the different like the answer to what right. the fuck is the difference between a lettuce, one's and, a a lettuce and one's a cabbage great great you've nailed it one's an orange and one's a tangerine i couldn't tell you the difference between them either i mean they're just different <laughs> they are different vegetables <laughs> you've got nothing what? you don't have an answer to this you don't know either! It's, it's like asking what's the difference between two trees. It's kind of a bit redundant. I, I, I didn't like, study for the what? test. <laughs> no, because I can point at like an oak and a beech and be like different bark, different leaf structure, etc. Right. If I, you gave me an orange and a tangerine and said which one's which, mm. I wouldn't have a clue. Tangerine would be smaller. Great. Uh, <laughs> a cabbage tends to be round with a short stem and is rigid up. Uh, it's really Stop hard to reading leave, Google, that's <laughs> cheating. <laughs> they wrapped around each other. Let's is more <laughs> oblong in shape, and its outer leaves are soft and easy to remove from the stem. Cabbages are also usually quite densely packed. Yeah, uh, also cabbages are more tart than lettuce. Yes, the very bit. Hey, no, yes. I've never had a cabbage tart. Uh, mm. you're, you're a cabbage tart. Uh, oh. <laughs> Saucy. <laughs> uh, how, how are you? How are you, buddies? How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm good. You good? Great. Not in denial at all. I didn't mean it to sound like that, but like this sounds very suspicious. I'm just going to lead into it. <laughs> nah, we're good. We're good. We're good. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Things are good. I. I. Just not, not going to go I, beyond I. I. Just solid I. Oh, I. I mean, I I've had run. conversations with him, so I know it fluctuates. Yeah. You, you've had conversations. You you know the state of my being at the moment. <laughs> but that it that's not perpetual. for the podcast. <laughs> no, fucking not if I can help it. Wow. Okay. Um, I have some qualms about your description so far of this manga, but I suppose we'll get into that. What the one line in the opening? <laughs> yes. Yes, Mike. I heard Mike groan when you said it's not an isekai. It's not technically an isekai. <laughs> There's no technically about yeah. it well no you can't prove it isn't but it probably isn't <laughs> i mean you 
What, it's Schrodinger's Issachar? You can't, you can't prove, prove it. it isn't. But, like, the <laughs> only thing is, world. protagonist, we'll get to, well, okay, we'll build to this in a moment, but to keep it very brief, protagonist, thing happens, wakes up, post-apocalyptic world. But that oh, could be another right. post-apocalyptic world, for all okay. we know. Okay, I, I see what you're saying. So probably not an Isekai, but... <laughs> yeah, yes, there could have been an Isekai moment right then and there, but... Schrodinger's Isekai, gotcha. I'm going with... I mean, no. based on what happens to this planet, yeah, Schrodinger's Isekai sounds about right. <laughs> well, what does happen to this planet, Phil? What? I, I've got to do my intro <laughs> first, buddy! God damn it. Chill your roll. No. So... <laughs> Stealing Sean's bit. Oh, <laughs> how dare you. Trying to okay, segue. It's like the only part of the show I do. I'm just trying to segue. Why are you so mean all the time? Just trying to do a segue. <laughs> Well, let's segue into it then. So the series we are discussing this time is Killing Me slash Killing You, which is a fantasy and adventure manga. Started in September 2017 and is ongoing with three um, volumes currently out. It is written and drawn by Imamushi Narita, who also did the series It's My Life, but I've not heard of either. This is not licensed, but you can watch two promotional videos of it. So, no anime, but it's got a couple of PVs that have been bundled in with its manga volumes. There you go. That's that's all you need to know about that side of Killing Me, Killing You. But Phil, what is it all about? Tell us. And we've even set you up because we've already discussed a bit of the premise. <laughs> you, you did. I mean, really, it's just all there in the title. It's not. <laughs> it's really not. <laughs> I would argue it is. I would strongly argue <laughs> against Once that. Once you know the premise, it, the title makes sense. <laughs> We can get to that in a moment, then, shall we? It's not some horrific ABBA horror cover. Anyway... So, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Why you gotta do me like that? <laughs> Normally, rocks fall and everyone dies. But in this case, the meteorites came falling down and our protagonist, despite being impaled, not quite the right word, having a meteorite lodged in their brain. Getting wanged in the brain tank, yep. Yep. Still running around, carefree, and are immortal, and thus have set out on an adventure to try and kill themselves. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and yep. it is... Yeah, a, a meteorite falls from the sky one day, and a shooting star wangs our protagonist in the head. Well, they say a meteorite. It's clearly meteorite. lots of meteorites. Yeah. I mean, it, as we learn, one, as we learn, it's the fucking meteorite to end all meteorites. But <laughs> I, yeah, but, okay. So, and it's also important to note that it says because it says at the beginning of every chapter, the meteorite bracket s fell, yes. and the world got weird. <laughs> this is why I was saying that this is this is probably. Like you could, you could absolutely claim this is an isekai, even if they weren't teleported to some other world. You could absolutely claim this is an isekai because the world you is fundamentally different. Yeah, well, that's the like, thing. This is yeah, well, it's fundamentally a new world because they they mark. I think it's meant to be like post-apocalyptic, but we've it so is, yeah. far seen not really anything that correlates with assuming it's set on Earth, our world. Yeah, no, I don't and you'd expect to see some yeah. remnants of something. I, I don't think it's necessarily supposed to be Earth. Okay, I mean it could be. But nothing to imply it was, I guess. I was going to say, outside of like the one waterfall in the first chapter, there's no real kind of moment of, hey, it's 
that landmark. I remember that from when I was a child without a meteorite in my head. There's a dragon. There is Which a dragon. Was a lizard. It was a lizard. That or was a chapter. chameleon or something. Uh, yes. I forget exactly what it was. I already see what how that's related to the point. <laughs> it's just because this... don't you know, Sean? Sky World <laughs> famously don't have lizards. Our world dragons. famously don't have dragons, is all I was I, saying. I, yeah, but our world didn't yeah, have did. meteorites. That doesn't count, and you know it. I, you tell that to the Komodo. <laughs> and yes, our, uh, our world famously doesn't have silvery, silverish meteorites. Our world famously yeah. doesn't have a silver meteorite that transcends time and space. Yeah, because that's another thing that you find out fairly soon into this. Like, apparently there was more than one meteor strike. I, and... well, I t I... It's less that, it's more it's hitting all of time and space at the same time on the planet. Yeah, it's a bit weird. Some people are from the past, some are from the future. It's just bizarre. That threw me, completely threw me off guard when it was at first like that. It was like, okay, they're immortal, got it. That's probably the only real big fancy thing. And then pretty early on, chapter one, it reveals, I think it's when they go like, well, we're going to try and kill ourselves by jumping into this waterfall. And then it's an infinite loop. It's like, oh shit, sci-fi series, whoa. So just to touch on that a little bit, the idea She's is obviously that they're journeying to find a ways to kill themselves because obviously, Hey, who's the other one, Phil? <laughs> Not even yeah. who's the first one, to be fair. Hey, who are the two characters, Phil? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to square one. <laughs> Our two protagonists are a, I'm going to say, young girl. Young in appearance. I feel like she never... says her age at some point. Like, she's a teenager or something? I don't know if she does in what we read, but I did accidentally hit onto the first chapter of volume three and that opens with i'm 16 years old okay well I, I think it's heavily implied that she's young anyway so but also the whole point of you know she's immortal she could actually be ten thousand years old yes. yes yes but anyway ignoring that part we have a teenage girl in appearance at the very least called mithra mithra Mithia? Mithia is what I've got. Mithia. And her companion, the hooded, pointy-hooded, tentacle-armed man called Euthanasia. Well, at least in the English translation that we read, uh, spelt the word youth as in, like, a child, and then yes. a hyphen, and then they clearly gave up on puns for the second part, and so went, Anasia. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, he openly says that he wanted to name himself after that. Well, it's because, as well, he doesn't remember his name because it's implied he's been alive for quite a while. Yeah, like, because you found out, like, the, the key, like, difference of the female protagonist is that she's got a, a space rock jammed in her head, which, and it's given her kind of like a horn situation. And people yes. are like, ah, oh, that's weird. No, we should kill her. And they try to quite frequently, and it doesn't work. He's a straight up squid man. Like, he's yeah. got some sort of eldritch abomination under his pointy hood. And he's got tentacles for arms. He's got wearing a hood, and you can see several eyes underneath it. And at yeah, one like point in a later minimum. chapter, they're like, ah, we'll take that off, and then go insane. So he's, uh, he's Cthulhu. Yeah, he's a straight-up eldritch abomination under that thing. <laughs> and he has five tentacles tied together for each arm. Uh, so... I don't know if it's for each arm, but... No, he actually says that he's got... Because he's... there's a... It's a terrible joke. I feel the point. number of tentacles per arm is not pertinent <laughs> to his character. It's totally pertinent for one joke that they make. Is it? <laughs> yes, I remember this joke because I was like, 
that's a weird joke, and then didn't laugh and carried on reading. <laughs> Do you want me to explain the jokes? I'll explain the joke. I mean, if you're going to bring it up... It'll, it'll come up eventually, I'm sure. Uh, okay. Like, it's a plot point, kind of. <laughs> Our two immortal protagonists are on their quest to end their lives, not satisfied with the life of solitude that immortality is likely to bring them, I suppose. Mm -hmm. So, as they are adventuring, whenever they hear rumours of a place where everyone dies and this thing will surely kill you, naturally, they've got to go there and investigate. Emphatically, Because, in fact. you know, hey, maybe this will be the thing that finally kills them. Yeah, it's generally, most chapters, and this is very episodic, take on the yes. thing of either, oh, hey, we heard a rumour about something that will kill us, or, oh, hey, we heard a rumour that there's something, the meteorites in this area, maybe there's something here that can topple us yeah. once and for all. And very rarely you just have, oh, we stumbled into an area, and stuff happens. We're hungry, I want to <laughs> eat this. It's two yes. people's wacky hijinks in this very bizarre magical. All right, I think wacky hijinks is maybe. I'm gonna go with wacky hijinks. I wouldn't. Why wouldn't you go with that? It could be a little silly. I don't think it's lol xd so random. Lol. I think your face is lol xd so random. Lol. Thank you, but that's yeah. not what we're discussing this episode. But it, it, they are a bit. Uh, it's because of the setting of the world. They get to just essentially make up whatever the fuck they want to happen that week. So, yes. or however often this came out, I suppose. And it's like, so in one of the early ones, you've got the infinite waterfall, where if you go down to the bottom, you appear at the top. And so that's not a good method to die. You just, if you're immortal, you just get stuck in there forever. Well, it's because obviously they hear the rumor, oh, this waterfall, you, you jump, you guarantee death. Like, no, no one's ever survived after they've jumped or whatever. So they're going, like, oh man, this, I can't even see the bomb. So they jump and then it's like, oh, we're just, looping through space and it's yeah, like it's, oh it's well, how does anyone weird. die here and it's like well it's because they just starved to death they starved to they death can't yeah. escape and eventually the water just disintegrates them mm. and that's not good for these guys because they have straight up wolverine regeneration that they are just straight up immortal yeah like yeah they are jack harkness you can destroy any part of their body and they'll grow back very specifically in fact in at one point they do just get chopped up a bit yeah, like well, that's this... become it becomes a recurring thing after the first few chapters that usually, at the very least, Mithia dies in some manner. Well, Mithia it's dies all the time. Like arrow to the head. Arrow to the head gets cut up, crushed. She gets crushed a few crushed, times. Yeah, crushed. I was gonna say burned alive, but no, that's that's one of the few times youth gets off. Yeah, because then they're like, oh my god, it smells of roasted squid in here for all of a sudden. It's Generally, it quickly becomes a thing where like the the initial encounter of each chapter is Mithia getting shot and or killed killed in quotation marks yeah. yes killed and then the person going oh my god how are you alive no i'll confess my life story to you now yeah that is <laughs> that is shockingly similar to the structure of every chapter just every chapter is like oh you're alive i feel it works it's just like by the time you've gone through two lives you've like ah yes i see here we go that she's dead <laughs> now and now she's not and now here let's get to the plot <laughs> it's also got this weird sort of um theme going on with it like because they are it's it's two people's journey to try and die which sounds incredibly morose and incredibly just sad all the time like these people they I, literally are trying to kill themselves so actually just one thing before you continue that point we have uh -huh. obviously said just here like oh yeah you you see them dying loads unlike say 
last episode with Pumpkin Knight, which was horrifically gory. This is almost polar opposite. Yeah, it's cartoonish in its vibe. It's, it's, yeah, very cartoonish. In fact, I think at one, I think say in one instance they were cut up. <laughs> the author very nicely puts mosaic over and it's just like voluntary censorship. <laughs> it's like no, no, I won't, I won't show you the gory stuff. Yeah, it's it's very um. It's, well, that does tie into my point because it, the whole thing is actually very, very lighthearted, and it even goes so far as to say that they generally encounter people who have lost the will to live and then give them the will to live, even <laughs> though they're trying to die. But they never give themselves the will to live. But you get the feeling, at least by the end of what we've read, that now that they've found each other and they have found like their family, so so to speak, that if they found a way to die, you're not sure if they would take it. It's it's weird. It's like weirdly lighthearted. Like, I think at the very end, um, youth at least gets given the perspective of, well, maybe instead of trying to find a way to die, try and find a way to cure yourself. And he's like, oh, yes. never yes. thought of that one. Yes, yeah. that is yeah. one thing, isn't it? And he does say, oh, you know, in, in his thoughts at the very least, like, uh, yeah, I don't know what would happen. Like, if I can die, I will do. But if a cure comes up before that, who knows? Yeah, because the reason why they want to die is a little flimsy as well. Like, because they are, because the only reason why uh, Mithya, female protagonist, wants to wants to die is because everyone she like knew and loved had died, and so she's like, oh, "I want to join them." Essentially, I feel that's a fair. Like you say, that's a flimsy no, reason. No, it's, I no, don't it's, know. <laughs> it's fine. It's absolutely fine as far as reasons I don't go. Think, I don't think in the multiple person needs an in-depth reason for. I want the pain to end. Like ba- basically. <laughs> Pretty much straight away, we find out as she was like the the events leading up to her becoming immortal was like she was at home, look out the window, like ah, oh, shooting stars, runs out to go look at them, meteorite to the head, wakes up, and why is just... that one so close? Oh no! <laughs> yeah, then then wakes up and it's just a desolate wasteland. Hence why yeah, apocalypse. Sean was saying there is an argument it could be technically an isekai, but I still maintain it is an isekai even if they didn't get sent anywhere. I don't but... think it's an isekai, but... But the point is, Whatever. obviously, you know, when she's realised <laughs> everyone is gone, everything is gone, she tries to kill herself, basically. She decides she's she's just that pressed, I guess. Yeah, but the thing is, that clearly... Well, it, obviously, you've got no idea what's going on in someone's mind if, they're, if they have a deep sadness or depression with them, but, like, the reason seems to clear up quite a bit by the end of the second volume, because She's clearly found her family in youth, in euthanasia. I kind of, yes, but... Kind of, also... but they've been brought together by the mutual desire that they both want to die. So that's oh, yeah. their quest, as it were. Like, that's that's what's keeping her going, ironically. The yeah, like, it's, just, it's very, very weird, is all. Like, and it's intentionally weird. Like, it wasn't a, it wasn't a missed thing by the author. Like, it wasn't an accident. Like, they clearly intended no. for this. But you do also... Get moments like when they're talking. So obviously, you get like their conversations as traveling or sleeping at night or whatever. And there's like one where they're talking about her past, and she sort of gets that really weird, distorted, something's not quite right look mm-hmm. when talking about her family and things. Yeah. So obviously, not necessarily. We don't necessarily know the story there, but I mean that that's her reason for wanting to die, I suppose. Like. Everyone she's known and loved is gone. She sees no reason in continuing to live. It's just that I, I would feel like, yes, obviously as an immediate reaction, that's, that's fair. 
for the character. It's just, I feel like after enough time has passed, then it kind of works as a motivation to drive you forward because that's your goal. You've set your mind to it and you're going to focus towards that goal. But it really does feel like by the end of the, just the end of these first two volumes that if she then found that ability, would she necessarily take it? Uh, sure. I don't think that's the case for Mifia. Maybe for you, because we had that direct discussion with him. For Mifia, I still think it's very much like, I want to die. Which, again, sounds very depressing, but it's not written hmm. that way at all. It's, it's very much a... a I was going to say a lighthearted, but no, it's, like a, it's a hearted comedy. It doesn't, like... There's, there's a lot you could do on this, and other works do do on this, of like the suffering of immortality, like the perpetual end in us. Like, I mean, hell, you see it in, he's not immortal, but you see in Doctor Who, one of the things it'll sometimes touch on is how it's lonely when you're alive for a thousand plus years. Yes. But uh, yeah, this one, it occasionally goes into it. Like, I think um, the penultimate chapter we read is a little bit on like immortality versus mortality when they're both stuck in an eternal night. But uh, generally speaking, it's not really interested in that discussion it's more just that's a vehicle for them to be stabbed repeatedly and not die i mean it's if yeah. you've watched to the end of um the good place it's technically a spoiler i suppose so skip ahead a minute or two but well it's not really a spoiler as such it's just like there is a discussion toward the end of living forever and does life really have meaning if it doesn't end and i mean that's very much up the good places alley with the philosophy yeah. of death and stuff but yeah that, that's that's kind of what i think they're going for here it's like how do they if these people are less trying to find a way to die and they're more trying to find a way to inject meaning into their immortality that's kind of the way i see it and i see them as they're slowly getting to that even if it's not their intention that's where they're slowly getting to because it's of the it's because of the people that they meet along the way and they do meet a lot of people just in these two volumes like pretty much a new person every chapter, pretty much. Yeah, so, like, that's the thing. For me, I wouldn't even say, like, the thing, the big note I've written in terms of the storytelling structure is this is one of the very rare series you see that um, it's less character-based and it's more just about the world they live in more than anything. Yes. Like, it's more, yeah. so, let's have a look at this mysterious sci-fi thing the meteors writes cause today. Yeah, and when it is character-based, the, the development's completely confined to, like, one chapter. So like yeah. the the youth the, the youth chapter where he like talks about uh, his his past before the meteor and stuff, but that's all like confined in one chapter. That is like one frustrating thing I have with youth, like because the cat like I don't think either characters are especially deep as it were. They don't do a whole lot of self exploration, but youth they they hinted it a bunch of times, like oh man, you should really open up and talk with Miffy more. Like oh man, and he's like yeah, maybe I will, and then he doesn't. Mm -hmm. It's I like, mean, God damn there's, it, no, man. there's no rush when you're both immortal. There there's is no, no rush, rush, but he gets brought up multiple times of like, I should it's open up more, or you should open up more, I and mean, then he doesn't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I did, I did like that as well when they're actually talking about it amongst themselves, and Mithy's like, why don't you ever talk about yourself? And he's like, oh, it's because you never asked. Yeah, you never you just asked. just talking about yourself. See, that's the I like that as a joke. I thought it was funny, but then he just still doesn't talk about himself, and it's like, God damn it, man. He doesn't, but he, <laughs> you know, because the point is she's bringing up the fact that quite often she'll wake up and see him looking at a locket he's got. Yeah. Because we do get a flashback to his pre-Cthulhu pre pre days. Squid. Yeah. Yeah. Or he became Squidward. Before Squid Game. <laughs> 
he has the tragic backstory, pr probably the same as Mythia's one, except he also turned into a squid monster. I think his backstory is no. that tragic. It was all like, I like this girl, now I'm a squid. Well, I, when I said the same, I mean like everyone he knew died. No, we know that's not the case at the very least because he keeps talking about how how would the wife slash fiance that doesn't mean she's alive react it doesn't mean she's alive but it's implied she is as a result i guess it, again it's hard to say because as we keep as we mentioned as they drop at one point the meteorite is also falling across all of time so therefore presumably these two both got hit by the meteorite at very different points because the dragon we mentioned a while back is then like ah yeah yeah i got hit by that like hundreds of years ago yeah, when Mythia like, has only been hit by it within like the last few months, I think, within the context. Something like that, so, yeah. There are no time scales really mentioned. Yeah. Like we don't know how long either of our protagonists have been immortal. The presumption I had is Mythia about a few months. Yeah. Like And you... then you dunno, it depends when the pirate ship thing was. I get the impression a lot longer though. Mythia's definitely recent, I think, as you say. You yeah. probably a few decades at the very least. Yeah, that's why I would infer. It's when you're given actual clues as to that kind of thing, like some sort of form of timescale, even muddies the waters on its own. There's one episode where, one chapter, sorry, where they come across a fortress that's kind of in ruins, but um, yes. still standing. And it's a fortress which magically creates traps and kills people when they try to leave. So if you walk into it, then you don't get to leave. As soon, as, soon as you try to leave, the fortress kills you. And then, so we're led to believe that it's an intelligent fortress because of the magical meteorite mumbo-jumbo. But then at the end, you you see it stand up and walk off Howl's Moving Castle. I was going to say, at the end, it's Howl's Moving Castle, which I love <laughs> yeah. as a reveal. And they're like, oh man, what the... F and they only find that out because Mythia comedically tanks about 50 traps. Yes. <laughs> so it's... It's just very weird because, like, it's clearly mechanical based at that point. And it's like, uh, but it also does have the meteorite in it, so it, it can does. Be both. It can be yeah. both. It, yeah. So they're intentionally they're not putting a any kind of scalable time on this. Like this could, and the whole thing, the whole story that we read could have happened in a week. You wouldn't have really known. I mean, I suspect uh, it's longer think, than that, but I think the eight chapters we read probably take place over the course of a month or two. It's was the impression very, I got. Very unclear. And again, I mm. think that's intentional, down to the chaotic writing of this, the style. I mean, I think it's fine to do that. Like, I mean, like, I think the biggest series I made comparisons to when I was writing my notes was Mushishi, which is another very episodic, very much about the world and what inhabits it, rather than the lead character. Well, I think as well, it's sort of, again, it plays into this fact that they are immortal. There is, from their perspective, not necessarily a massive sense of time. There might yes. still be a bit more so for Mythia if, if, as we suspect, she's only recently become immortal. That's what the lizard turned dragon says that she's yeah. a new arrival or a newly awakened or something like yeah. that. Yeah. But, you know, the point is actually time's a bit meaningless when you have very little reason to keep track of it. Although yes. that. That lizard slash dragon chapter does, like, highlight one of the things that I get why they do this, but it does lurk me a little bit. So, like, the whole point repeatedly, I think, as uh, Phil or Mike mentioned earlier, is that they'll meet up with people and often, like, re-imbue them on their sense of living and their desire to go on and their 
give them new life, I think was the phrase one of you used. Yeah. Which is much. great. But then they also like and that's why I could never journey with you because my is a journey for life and yours yeah. is a journey for death. Get wrecked, nerds. Bye. <laughs> We're not adding yeah. you to the main narrative. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like and sometimes I get it, like there's some guys who wouldn't fit, but sometimes it feels like, no, no, you couldn't fly on my back. No, you, you wanna die. No, you couldn't. And I'm like, Yes, they could. You could still. <laughs> Why didn't the eagles fly the ring to Mordor? <laughs> don't, don't get me started on that. <laughs> but yeah, and uh, the writing of it is very, very keen to try and just keep these two people alone. Just these yeah. two people doing their thing. But you do get the feeling, even though they say, we'll never see this person again, you do absolutely. These characters will absolutely meet up again. Oh, almost point. certainly, considering all of the side characters appear to be meeting together at Howl's Moving do, Castle, yeah. which has now become Howl's Moving Hotel. Howl's <laughs> Moving Habbo Hotel. Because there are some like interludes you get, a lot more in the first volume, and then there's one, I think, at the end of the second volume, where you essentially mm -hmm. find out that behind the scenes, yeah, the, the Howl's Moving Habbo Hotel is now becoming the residence of all the characters yeah. they interact with. So yes. The, yeah, Dragon ends up there. The plushy army. <laughs> oh yeah, the plushy army chapter is a weird one. Thief. I mean, they're all weird, I guess. Although actually, I think the thief and one of the plushies end up leaving in that one interlude. They appear. Yes. But yeah, essentially, everyone's sort of slowly gathering together there, I guess. Which I can only it's well, it's, it's kind of like one of those uh, RPGs, like your Suikoden's, where you just like collect a billion people in your castle. <laughs> And like they all, they all lock a new feature of the castle, yay! And they're all getting together because they've interacted with these two to the point where I think the dragon and the the, the landlord, for want of a better word, are like, yeah, oh those two, oh those crazy kids, and like just travel with them. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what if there'll be any significance to this because it's very much um, this. They've got this sort of weird side plot, which is very much relegated to these um, interlude chapters. Yeah, as it were, and they're clearly not meant to be plot informing at all. They're just a bit of like silly I side stories. I feel it's the kind of thing that might pop up in like a chapter at some point if the author feels they need to bring some character back for some reason. Yeah, to like something. I don't know. Like, I, just, I don't mind it at all. That that was. Oh no, it's fine. I love it. Like world building, which for this kind of series, which is world based, very important. <laughs> yes, we, well, we have no sense of scale of this world. It could literally go on forever. It probably does again. Probably time does, space, yeah. time yes, space probably does. <laughs> oh man, you talked about the uh, the sentient plushies episode. Oh man, yeah, that's where the ten tentacle thing comes up. Is it? Yeah, because the, the tentacle a, joke. The tentacle joke. Yeah, because they are very very hungry one day and they haven't eaten in a while and they're like maybe we'll just starve to death. No, it's not going to happen. Dull. I'm just hungry all the time. And then they find this weird little octopus noodly creature, whatever. And they try to eat it, but they're like, ah, it's made of fabric. And it's got ten tentacles. And so it's a, they... It's a Takadachi. You won't get that reference. It's I a Takadachi. And then she says, uh, okay, I'm going to call it Ten-Ten or something. Ten-Ti. Oh my ten -tea, god, Mike. I don't know. <laughs> I read this like 20 minutes ago. Leave me alone. And, <laughs> and, like, and then she says... And then he says, by that logic, wouldn't I be called that? And she's like, okay, you're Tenty number two. And I'm like, what? No, I'm not number two. I'm number one. Ah. Like I said, it wasn't funny, but it's part of the plot. I, I liked it. I thought that was perfectly fine. Also, how does this tie into him having five tentacles? Because that was the point. That's why he's the. That's why he was mad he wasn't the first Tenty, because he has 
ten tentacles, and that's why the, Mike, the Mike, is called ten, ten is short for tentacle. I was going to say it wasn't. It's got nothing to do with the ten, number. Ten. It, I swear they said it was because she, the guy had ten of them. Yeah, it was just because it had tentacles. I He's got tentacles, mate. mate. What is this for? The interpretation of the joke. <laughs> Because the actual plot of that is left not about the plushies, but about the um, lovely lady, I think, called Mysteria. Who they yes. Meet in that one. Who it's been. a really sad episode. Oh, yeah. It well, is, that's, yeah. This, this manga loves to have like the surprise twist at the middle point that caught me off guard a lot of the times we read it. And the surprise twist of this one is that she just dies. Yep. She dies. Yeah, basically, she's creating these plushies and she can imbue them with life. But Doing so drains her it, life. It imbues them with her life, basically. Yeah. But she has to make the plushies because they remind her of her lover who one day when they were eloping out of town because he was a nobleman and she was just a mere peasant girl. Meteorite struck and he turned into, into a giant horrific monster and when she saw him she screamed and he melted. And he was like, it's okay, I understand. And she was like, oh god, how could I reject him? To be fair, the the, the, other, the nice thing about that chapter is because she's been very accommodating to them, like, and they're like, this is weird, we should leave, but we're like, oh my god, full breakfast, full meals, nice beds mm -hmm. to sleep in, we can't leave, it's too nice. <laughs> and so yeah, the whole chain is building up to, oh, something's going on here, and she's got this weird tentacle pl plushy army, oh, what's happening? She's crooked, clearly, and then, yeah, she's dead. And it's like, oh, no, she was actually just a nice person. The power that she was given by the the, the meteorite was to give her life to these. Yes. yes. Presumably all inanimate objects, but... So she's transferring her life slowly over time into these plushies, which yeah. then decide to go on journeys. Their own journey. Their own journey. Well, like, she, she says, oh, they've been bringing her food from the village down below because they've been giving the villagers been giving them stuff as thanks for them helping the villagers out which you then find out at the end of the chapter the village hasn't been there for quite a while mm -hmm. i know that was another twist it was like oh whoa okay shit damn all the sad stories in this chapter all in one yeah it's um, just a really sad story i i think probably the saddest and Probably my favorite one was the um, priestess. Nah, the I didn't find that. I didn't really find out. I think it did the ending very well, but the build up to it was just so hilariously bad. Mm. I mean, do you want to explain that chapter and then I'll go into why I didn't really? Sure. Like yeah, so the idea is they, they're walking along, they see a temple in the distance, get attacked, as you know, they always do. And do a lot. this. this guy that attacks them is an assassin. Turns out there's two warring factions who know nothing of the outside world, no meteorites or anything. Oh yeah, that is the thing, one of the things about this chapter. This is a place I think above, they try to say is like, either way, it's yeah, been untouched by the meteorites. Like high, so high up in the mountains. No, like no timey-wimey, spacey-wacey nonsense here. But um, basically, this guy was an assassin hired by one faction to kill the priestess of the other faction. But on his way there, he gets sick, and she finds him collapsed, not realizing he's an assassin, nurses him back to health, and sends him on his way, and he's basically fallen in love with her ever since. So he's tried to protect her from assassins ever since, but he does it behind a 
a literal closed door, I suppose. Like she's always locked in the temple, and he protects her from any of the assassins. So she doesn't realize it's the same person or that he's an assassin, and just refers to him as her knight. And then basically towards the end of the chapter when a whole bunch of assassins all turn up at once she hears the fighting rushes out and sees this assassin man like ah oh, you killed killed my family or something probably and murders him but then or something probably is <laughs> partly what i'm gonna get into in a minute yeah <laughs> but, uh, well it, yeah the point is less he specifically did the murdering it was more she's going you're an assassin assassins killed her loved ones and so she she runs him through but then our protagonist after having talked to the assassin beforehand like oh yes he this this night person never existed it was just us vigilantes uh and then they're walking away and he's like man i hope she isn't like smart but a smart, dumb. A smart idiot <laughs> because as we're seeing as they're having this conversation She's looking over the body and sees he's got a trinket that she passed to her knight, and she puts the two and two together and kills herself. Yes, bit, bit Romeo and Juliet. It, it is. I I think the execution of that last bit is good. Like I've got no problem with that. The sad ending where they both die is done well. My problem is the entire rest of the chapter that builds up to it is just gibberish. Like, it tries to be very deliberately vague in this conflict of, like, it's the white something faction versus the black something faction, but there's no exploration of the fact... It tries to keep it so vague that it's like, this could be any factions doing any fight, but it just... Well, that's sort of the point, I feel, because that ties but into it's too. You. It's just so stupid because of how vague it is, so you can't get invested in either of it, especially when, sure. when hilariously, out of nowhere at the end, this other... The one faction invades is like, so why are we going after this random person? There's no that, reason that's... for anything because nothing has been given any depth. And then after being like, I can't leave this church, she leaves the church. Just so many dumb bits to get to the sad ending, which is sad, but it just. But well, it ties into youth's conversation with myth at the end, where it's like, well, sure, but. You know, that's the thing, though. It tries to paint it as a moral, and it's like, no, you don't, you don't get to play that in this game. I mean, sure they do. You've got to have some justification for something. You can't just keep it so incredibly vague, like, oh, A hates B, and that's how it'll be. Like, great, thanks. Well, yeah, because the point is, it's less about A and B in specific, and it's more just people in general. That's like people are going to form groups, and one group's going to hate another for some reason. That's just so vague, man. That's just so generic. My main issue with this chapter is that it's not its not really any of that stuff. It's just the fact that because the writing is so vague and generic, it really doesn't feel like it fits in this world, which has been weirdly specific on every single point it's done so far. Like, yeah, they're not necessarily knowing all the mysteries of the world and stuff, but it's always been focused around this one tangible thing. And then you have this thing come up, which is just so nebulous. It just doesn't feel like it fits. You know, and it just it felt like a very distracting chapter for me. And I, I wasn't distracted like I was distracted with like the suddenly very sad episode before that. It was more it's just like, why are we doing this? Why do we care? Uh, this place has not been touched by the meteorite. Why? Why not? Well, why literally, is that the characters say that. Well, the character, uh, it's important because it means there's no way for them to die here, really. So because the characters literally say, oh, 
well, we'll just be on our way then until they get dragged into the story. Well, I the think area. the point as well is because it is completely untouched by the meteorites, like that's unusual in itself because everywhere else they've been has been in some way. It's it's unusual, but as they say, irrelevant to them, therefore. Yes. And if it's irrelevant to them and the get the manga is based solely on them and their adventure, why would it I be mean, relevant no, to us? it's based on the world, Mike, as I've said, it's a world-based manga, not a character. But through one. their multiple eyes, and it's... Yeah, it just like, if it's not relevant to them, why would it be relevant to us? You see what yeah. I'm saying? Like, how this I mean, chapter just doesn't fit? I get No, I get that. Like, I feel if you were going to do a chapter about a place that isn't about the meteorite, you wouldn't do it on the, the nature of humans, because you could do that anyway. You don't need to mm -hmm. make that specially. This magical random church in the middle of nowhere for some reason. I would argue that this whole thing is about the very nature of humanity in the yes, same yes. philosophical vein. And like this one just seems so like it's forcing it so much. Like it really does feel like there's the the author needed another chapter and like, ah fuck it, throw that one in. It was a rejected. I don't, I don't idea know if it's necessarily like, like they did well. I mean that's that's how writing works. You always need another chapter. But I feel it's more like, I want to do a moral, and then he had no idea how to do the moral. Yeah, it, just, it doesn't fit, in my opinion. And I found it a very, very easy one to gloss over. In fact, I kind of forgot it existed, so I started talking about it. It's a low point, in my opinion, to end it on. Which is a shame, because I think it's a... I mean, no, I'm not saying my opinions on the series yet, but it's a, it's one of the weaker chapters I think it ends on, for what, yeah. at least for what we've read. Also, visually, it was very different as well. Was it? Like, well, yeah, it's like, the art before that, it's got like this weird sort of combination of oddly cartoony, but also weirdly realistic massive air quotes realistic anime realistic y yes but like that one is sort of very um ooh, how to describe it medieval almost and, like they try to yes. inject extra details in it which aren't anywhere else in this manga and like the style just changes so much like this chapter just doesn't seem like it fits at all like it really feels like it came from a different manga but again maybe that was the intention Again, I get the thing that is intentionally meant to be a bit, a bit different purely because the meteorite's not there. But yeah, I just to me at least, I mean, obviously, again, it's split opinion because Phil found it alright, but I, I just yeah. yeah, didn't resonate with me. Sa very sad ending. Loved the ending, but everything leading up to that would just make my eyes roll. There was also a lot of other forgettable stuff on the way as well. Like one of the earlier chapters. Oh man, no, I, I wanted to touch on that because you said weirdly specific earlier, like. <laughs> yeah. I, I wonder if Phil knows what I'm about to say. I, I don't, but. Why do we need to know the name of every single bandit in that chapter? Oh, I, <laughs> I was like about that. to mention that chapter. That, that, that was just a gag. It's a gag, but they kept going with it. And I'm they, like, they, I really, yeah. I don't need 50 named people in this series. It's like, just... oh my god, they killed Jeff. No, Steve. What are you talking about? We already reviewed Bleach. Yeah. 50 named characters. Oof. Oof. Yeah. I know. Scathing. Like, you like it when they do it, I guess. All right. Double standard. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not entertaining this. <laughs> well, I wasn't entertained by this. Wow. Yes, they, they hear about a bandit who, as a result of the meteorite, is super strong. They're like, oh my god, maybe he can kill. So they go to get attacked by a thief who was working for the bandit, but actually he's like not a pretty cool guy. Yeah. Apart from the fact he constantly steals still, but whatever. And then they're running through this bandit hideout type thing being chased by mooks who just keep shouting out each other's name going, no, they're dead. And then they keep getting chased by mooks and they keep getting chased by mooks. That's and that bit keeps chapter. going and going and going way past the point of interest or 
involvement. The entire chapter is them running around some fortress. At least half of it is, and it's like, <laughs> all right, I get it. No, Clive, Steve, Othello, Romeo, we have to get them. Like, I get it. Stop. Get to the end. I would argue the fact that, that you're so annoyed by it is why it's funny. Because <laughs> some people just find it, find it annoying, and I laugh at them. But, uh, okay, you're laughing at me. That's yeah. fine. That's not going to sell you a copy of this manga. You you're not going to buy this manga because it annoys me. Oh, you definitely <laughs> underestimate my level of pettiness. I definitely exactly <laughs> estimate your level of money. <laughs> I feel the two are somewhat unrelated here. <laughs> Mutually exclusive. <laughs> and you underestimate how poor I'm willing to be to annoy you. <laughs> Also, kind of irrelevant, because you can't buy it anyway. You can't. Sad face. To be fair, my favourite part of that is the ending, which I do think is done well. Of Like, oh man, you want to see my magical power that will kill everyone? Here it is. I put my Shard of the Meteorite in a big fucking hammer. Liz, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even do anything. You just stopped a meteorite on a stick. And was like, yes. yep. And then just the protagonist going, I mean, would it? <laughs> Would it kill no. us? I mean, I don't think it would, but, you know. It was just the fact as well is, like, everyone I've smashed their head in with this has died, and it's like, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's irrelevant to it being part of the meteorite. It's just a big rock. That'll happen, yeah. <laughs> well, it does make me wonder, like, the her whole... Okay, Squid Monster of Euthanasia, I could... You could argue that, yes, okay, he's got magical regenerative powers, whatever, but it is I mean, very much... Im yeah, they, they do, yeah, yeah, I'm just... Give me a moment. Right, okay. <laughs> the okay. implication is that the only reason why Mythia is immortal is because she's got a shard of meteorite stuck in her head. I, yes. I, if, for what you're about to say, I'm pretty sure she tried. She did, she did say she tried to pull it out. Yes. But here's the thing, though. Why don't... Obviously, you don't care if you die, so it doesn't have to be surgery exactly, but why not just, like mash her head in until the rock comes loose does she then regrow attached to the rock or how does that work we don't know is the answer we, we, don't, we know, don't know but i'll be blunt when it's a space-time meteorite i feel it wouldn't really care if you somehow surgically removed it ah uh, how convenient as is most uh, of this. All right, I don't think that's necessarily like Canadian. I think that's just the point. Like, it would be a very boring manga if the answer was just okay. I'll just go to a doctor and they'll just lazily remove it. Oh, one thing this manga is not is boring. It's it, <laughs> it's uh it's very engaging. It is yes. Actually, I think that the bandit chapter also has my favorite bit of art of the whole thing, which is the goddamn horse abomination. The, yes. Because uh, Bandit McGee comes back in on these horse at one point, and it's Jesus Christ. This is the with Cthulhu it, with of its horses. Like eight yes. legs, twenty eyes, and yeah, like th this is what I imagine the Horseman of the Apocalypse rise. Eldritch horror horse, yes, yeah, and yeah, I just I like the art in general for this. In fact, I feel like the art for this is what Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer wishes it was. Uh, yeah. I guess. Please explain. Because, like, Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer, its art was, and I know people are going to hate me for saying this, but I did not like its art. And I thought it was fine. Oh, it's trash. Just <laughs> I, It was very basic from what I remember. Yeah, it was, like, very sort of basic art, which, competently done, yes, yes. but very basic what, no, art. No, and... no, you're giving it too much credit. They overlaid a fucking hammer. 
stencil <laughs> onto the sky. Uh, you know, no, competent, no. Disagree. I believe it was competent. Well, I remember it being fine, just basic myself. I shouldn't be able to look at a piece of art and go, I could do that. Better. <laughs> <laughs> Let me finish my fucking point. <laughs> but, then, but then you've got, like, the monsters in that, which are all, prob- again, probably intentionally, uh, yeah. like the... Um, the sort of child's drawing type style of monster. Just like the blobs, for lack yeah. of a better term. And I really feel like the monsters in this is what that was kind of going for. Like, messy, nonsensical, almost childlike in their design, but still detailed enough. Whereas the ones in Lucifer and the Biscuit Ham were very, very basic. Like, easily could have just peeled that off of a fridge and just given it to, and just put it in the manga. So I think that's. The, the art in this is really, really good, and I really do feel like that's worth mentioning, that everything is always interesting-looking. Even the characters you see on screen all the time, are they find new ways to make them look interesting. I don't mm. think it starts off artistically great, but it does get better, especially when you hit Volume 2, it's getting a lot better, because there's a well, lot more depth I, and visual fidelity. I suspect Volume 1, at mm. very least. I think this originally started out as like a bit of a side project while he yes he mentions, while working his, on, he mentions um, in his author notes that he does this yeah. in between his main series at Which least I first. think it was it's my life yes said was his main one at the time yeah so I, it was very much probably not like a proper serialized thing it was probably just like I felt like drawing something a little bit I'm gonna say silly not not like silly silly but you know something. I don't want to say light-hearted either. It's weirdly light-hearted, despite the sadness of some of the chapters. Yeah, like, despite the tone. But the tone isn't... Doubt- like, it's all over the place, but again, clearly intentional, and it it's actually works It's rarely serious, for it. but yeah. Yes, yeah, rarely serious, I suppose. But it is, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, I was going to say, like, I think the point was more like, obviously, he wasn't devoting a lot of time to this necessarily, so it was very much more sort of like quick drawing, quick sketches and whatnot. Get it out kind of thing. Sure. Because I think in like backgrounds in particular, I think of where I noticed the change was like you get a lot of sort of lack of backgrounds in the early chapters, but then as you say, like volume two onwards in particular, you get a lot more backgrounds, quite detailed. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And it clearly a lot more effort was put in. I, I just feel, felt the need to really point out that you're saying that his other series that he was working on is called It's My Life? Yes. It's well, yeah. as per the, believe it's Bon Jovi song, It's My Life, It's Now or Never, I Ain't Gonna Live Forever. Oh, wow, that I was what you wanted right. to interrupt Phil's point. Yeah. <laughs> I could be wrong on this, because uh-huh. I don't remember where I read it, but I feel like I heard somewhere that those two series are actually set in the same world, like Killing Me, Killing You is supposed yes. to be like a spin-off-y type thing set in the same world. Realistically, you could have anything set in this world. Well, yeah, yes, you could. But I think I saw that somewhere else as well on my end too. So. Realistically, the entirety of Bleach and Harry Suzumiya and a lot of other random manga could just be somewhere else in this world. It makes... The same consistent sense. Uh, no, I hear Harui being in the same world as something breaks a lot of things. <laughs> also, very, very different setting. 
No, they could just be like in a different uh, section of this world. Like, I'm still having trouble, <laughs> record, even though they are, I'm still having trouble reconciling that Bleach and Burn the Witch are in the same world. This means Spirit Soul Society works very differently in Japan to Britain. That one I can believe, to be fair. Fucking bureaucracy. I, I think the problem <laughs> I have with that... <laughs> that that's the issue, yeah. <laughs> the problem I have with that, because, you know, clearly we're not done talking about Bleach, even though we've done a Bleach episode. No, we're talking about Burn the Witch now. We'll never be <laughs> right, done. Right, right. My problem there is, like, in Bleach, they seem to imply Soul Society is the place souls go to. Now yes. someone's like, oh, no, no, that's just souls in Japan. It's yes. like, sure. Why, why not, I guess. I Okay, so the episodes, as I'm just going to call them episodes now, because I've done it a million times already. That's fair. The funsies, <laughs> I believe they're actually called funerals. Oh, that I did not pick up on. I don't think it's actually written. Oh, it is, actually. Yes, so rather than chapters, they're called funeral. Funeral one, funeral two. Oh, how about that? Uh, yeah, like each in each chapter for everything we've said about this, generic is not a word you can use anywhere near this manga. Oh no, I wouldn't. I would never call it generic. Absolutely not. Everything is incredibly unique, despite the fact that every chapter starts with the same two lines, basically and explaining. Pretty the much ends with the same two, and lines. yeah, ends with them as well. Like, they're all very bookended, intentionally so. Like, kill me. Like, kill me, or the oh, fuck, I've already forgotten it. Fuck. <laughs> kill me I'll kill you. Can. Try me. Try. Just try. Fail. Kill wow, me. Wow, I fucked try. up. Fail. <laughs> yeah. Life story. Yes, their the, the go to <laughs> argument is just, I'll kill you and try if you can. Bang. Yes. Or something yes. to that effect. Yeah. Although they drop a joke about that too early. Because they, they establish this is like their catchphrase almost, where one of them says, I'm going to kill you. And the other one says, oh, do it if you can. Ha 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 ha. Very funny. But then like in the second chapter, they, they or third chapter, they play on that and they're like, no, you're supposed to do that later. No, I ruined they, it. They were like, no, oh, man, they, they did the bit differently. And I'm like, this was a bit. <clears throat> yeah. Like, they just did that too early. But I think that's more an example of early day growing pains with it, where the guy writing it clearly like they didn't know what they wanted to do with this yet and honestly i'm not yeah. convinced they know what to do with it at the end of volume they, two they, i think they didn't even know if it would get more than one volume when they i, did I was it, gonna so. say i think part of it comes down to they don't necessarily know how much of this is going to be like we don't necessarily know how this is going to end i <sighs> feel there's two endings possible but uh, yeah, they die or they don't. <laughs> they, they die or they're like, you know what? No, we're going to keep living. I mean, by that definition, oh. that's how every story ends. <laughs> they sure, die or but... they don't. <laughs> sure, but that's rarely the point of those stories. No, no, there's, there's the One Piece ending, which is it doesn't end. <laughs> I mean, they were immortal in this one, so they could get away with that. <laughs> could literally make chapters funerals forever. <laughs> you could, yes. I don't think they will. I think... Chapter 18 was apparently released today. That's oh. all. Like, that does kind of make me think that, that killing me, killing you, how would this end? And I don't yeah. think it'll have, it'll have a satisfying ending whenever that ending is. I think, I, I in fact, think it will. I, I actually strongly suspect it'll just stop one day. Maybe have a very, very rushed ending to it. Like, gotta wrap this well, up. Say, I, I th Okay, I suppose I could see three endings here. Okay. There's the two obvious ones of they die, they don't, and then the open-ended, they just continue as they are for now. 
Yeah. Like, just the, I'm not bothering doing this. I've got no more stories to tell. Leave it up to your own interpretation. A walk into the sunset. Yes, yeah, very much like, a walk into the sunset. Like, there's no explicit, they've decided one way or another. I or got cancelled. Yeah. But the reason I think that is because sure. this story lends itself incredibly well to just being random and just doing whatever the fuck you want from chapter well, yeah, to chapter. Yeah, it's, it's episodic, yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's not fine, like some of the other episodic... It is fine, absolutely. But it's not like some of the other episodic stuff that we've read where there's like stuff that carries over into other chapters. Like You really could, besides like the first chapter, read this in any order. And it would make almost equal sense, interludes notwithstanding. Yeah, pretty much. I, I agree. At least, at least for what we've read. And so, this could, because of the very nature of it, could just go on forever. I don't think it'll ever end definitively. Because the only uh, way something like this could end definitively is if either they both die or they both get cured. And having them walk off into the sunset, that's not a definitive ending. That's a, that's a, that's giving up. <laughs> And that's one thing this manga isn't isn't about. It's not about these characters giving up. Well, that, no, it's it's not about giving up. It's about you don't get to write anymore. Oh well. <laughs> no, no, I understand. Say, I, I do think there's a difference between riding off into the sunset and they choose to be immortal. Yeah, like that. I, that is a very different thing because yes, one I, is no, a I, conscious decision. One is, I'm I'm done. See you next month, to... and then next yeah. month never comes. Well, it doesn't even necessarily have to be that. They could write it in such a way where it's like, and our journey's continued, or whatever kind of thing. It's just the end. It would just be very, very difficult to pick that end point. And I'm sure it's doable. But because this can, by all rights, go on forever, literally and figuratively, it just makes me wonder, what could an ending be that was satisfying, and when could that happen? Like, I really feel like you could enjoy the ride for several volumes, but then eventually you just get to a point where it's like, this has gone on too long. And that scale will just tip to the point of like, oh, I suddenly don't care anymore. And mm -hmm. that would concern me. I, I like, I've seen a few other very episodic world-based things. And generally speaking, as long as your writing's good enough and your world's compelling enough, you can keep going and there's no issue. Like, Mushishi is great from start to finish and... Is one of my favorite anime I've ever seen, and that has no real plot. I think maybe they forced something in like the final two episodes just so it has a season ending, but nah, you, you don't need you don't need that kind of long term narrative or payoff, really. Uh, yeah, I I guess you don't need a long term narrative. This thing I'm talking about right now is a bit nebulous. It's just sort of feelings rather than anything I can prove with evidence, and. If I'm wrong, then even better, because this thing really does have the potential to do whatever it wants. It could go bigger, it could go smaller, it could stay exactly the same, it could go weirder, it could go more normal. Yeah. As long as they keep having ideas of how to do it, and considering, again, how they very quickly put sci-fi as an element of the series, I feel there's mm. tons you could still do. I mean, look at Doctor Who. It's going on for forever. And this is definitely sci-fi and magic. Yes, it's sci-fi and fantasy at the same time. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it's very much the fantasy aspect thing. Like there is, there are some elements of sci-fi in there. As you say, sort of space timey, wibbly wobbly. Yeah. Gets mentioned in like chapter a couple of chapters. One. Yeah, chapter yeah. one. And... and then you have the 
weird Howl's Moving Castle-like machinery. Yeah. So you have the Howl's Moving Castle machinery, you have a chapter later on which we haven't discussed where it was the Forest of Eternal Night, and then... I don't... Uh, see, I would call that fantasy rather than sci-fi, that one. Yeah, I would call it sci-fi if there was a tangible reason for it, whereas the reason that we're yeah, given in that one is... Well, yeah, no, the reason we're given for that is the trees are somehow causing the place to be an eternal night, because when the trees burn down, the night goes away. Can I just say... I, Beautiful vision. I, I, I loved that gag. Just like, oh they shit, accidentally start a forest fire. And fix yes. forest on fire. <laughs> they accidentally like, start a forest fire and accidentally fix the issue, yes. Yes. Just, just also just Myth's face at that point. It's like, oh no, what have I done? Oh, it's like, turns yeah, out it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and they just sort of walk away, leaving the forest fire. Mythia like, is more of the comic yeah. relief of the two, for sure. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yes. I mean, they're both over lead, but yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Like, I don't Would you guys call this a comedy? It definitely has I, comedy It has elements. comedic elements. I wouldn't put it. I mean, I didn't call it a comedy manga. But... Yeah. I, it's very weird to nail down. I wouldn't say comedy is the focus, but you do get a comedy in pretty much every chapter. Mm-hmm. You get there is comedy in it, but I would also say com- there's comedy in most mangas. Yes, but I feel there's still there's still more comedy in this than other manga. I think. I sure, but I don't think it's enough that it's it's not defined by comedy. Um, no more than like any other isekai. What I mean, what is it defined by? Really, like it's the journey, comedy. the world. Yeah, but it's comedy, but not really comedy. It's like sad it's and serious, an adventure. but it's not. It's an adventure. <laughs> I said fantasy but... adventure, and that's what I stand by. But I don't know. It's, it's about meeting loads of people. Is that an adventure? Yes. yes. Wacky hijinks. Is that the adventure? I mean, yes. There's that whole philosophy of there's only like two, arguably one story. Yeah. Which is very much encapsulated here. You've, you've either got someone goes travelling, or someone comes to town. Which I would argue are the same thing, but... And they both happen in this. They go to many towns, and, yeah, and they are travelling. That, that, that is this thing. It's just new chapter. We've arrived somewhere, or, oh no, someone's arrived here. The hero story, except these people aren't heroes. Kind well, of. The point, the point is, the hero story is the hero goes travelling. Yes. So someone goes travelling. Yeah, so it's like... It's just very weird. It's very weird, but it's not weird in an off-putting way. <laughs> It's unu- it has unusual elements. I don't think it's as weird and wacky as you're making it out. Oh, I think it's more it's, wacky than I'm making it out. It's not lol random. Not lol random, just about. It strays uh, up to It's not even line. just about. Like, I don't think any of this. I've never got the impression of, like, I never read this and felt XD. <laughs> sure, but then again, have you ever felt XD, Sean? I, that's, I mean, yeah, I, sure, all the time. <laughs> Let's like, not discuss but... our teenage years. <laughs> Okay, so it is weird, but it's not unsettlingly weird. It's not like um, it's not, it's it's not, not creepy. Not um, it's not not low random. It's not like cerebral weirdness. It's not trippy or anything like that. It is very heartfelt, and the randomness and the weirdness that you do get, it all seems to be well. First, the word I keep using, intentional, but also it seems to be towards the the point that the writer and artist is trying to make so you're trying to make it out that this series is intentionally random yes which is an oxymoron you're an oxymoron (laughs) thank you (laughs) but also yeah 
Like, it's written to be very, very, like, very off the wall is probably too far, but it's, it's, it's written in such a way that it keeps shifting its, like, its focus. It's an unusual world where the rules can change in each chapter. I don't yeah. think it's random. <laughs> I, it's hard to pin down, that's for sure. Like, we haven't opened with a chapter where they're walking on the ceiling and they're like, whoa, what's happening here? Oh, give it time, they will. I, I was going to say, I like... That would absolutely fit in this. I, I could see that being a chapter is the thing. Like, the entire chapter... I feel is... that's not what the sci-fi that the, or the fantasy this is. I, f- I feel like they could do an entire chapter just completely upside down, never address it, normal-ass story as far as this manga goes. Oh, no, I and think in the like, very last panel, like, they reach towards the panel like, and turn like, it upside turn down. The, and go, oh, turn the, turn no. the book upside down, Mike. <laughs> no, I, I don't think they would go that far. I think you could they, definitely they, have... they, they reach out to the panel, twist it upside down, like, oh, has that been upside no. down the whole chapter? No, I don't think you would ever get anything like that. You don't think they'd ever go as far as fourth wall breaking? No. I feel maybe the closest you get to that is maybe there's a chapter where they end up observing themselves because of space time not magic. But yeah, I don't I, think it would well, ever I, be like, oh my god, we're being observed by a person. But ah. the thing is, I could absolutely see there would be a chapter that opens with them upside down, and maybe you'd have a couple of pages, or maybe even a decent chunk of the chapter where they're walking around upside down. Yes, but they would establish why that's the thing. They'd go, oh, we heard this rumor about this weird place. Blah 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 blah. We're going there to try and get ourselves killed. If I stand upside you know. down. Maybe the meteor will fall out. Uh, if something, feel, something, stranger yeah. things. <laughs> but like that, that would be a reason for yeah. it. Is the thing, and it would tie into their motivation of wanting to get themselves killed. Yeah, that's fair. Such they a weird they want thing to, to feel say. like, ha ha ha. We 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 are upside down this chapter for no reason. Such an counterintuitive thing to say is like, oh yeah, they're very pleasant <laughs> and fun-loving motivation to get themselves killed. Oh, yes. but it's but in a good way. Oh, <laughs> well, I mean, is this is sort of exemplified in towards the end of what we read? They uh, encounter another two adventurers mm-hmm. going on their journey, who are on a quest to live, and you sort of get that sort of clash of say clash very loosely here, of sort of their ethos their their reason for being and sort of as as we alluded to obviously this other group convinces youth at the very least like hey why why don't you just go on a journey to try and find a cure keep on living rather than just killing yourself you know what yeah we hadn't necessarily thought about that because why would you if you're a good man this is this is another chapter that highlights the duality of the manga, which I think Mike has been like trying to harp on about and not necessarily effectively saying, but like where you have this like meaningful discussion between youth and the samurai, or I forget the name of. In the me- meanwhile, in the background, Mifia uh, eats some bugs and then is uh, mind controlled <laughs> by a plant. I don't know if she eats the bugs or if she gets infected. The point is, what, in the background, yes. like Mifia, yeah, gets... also, right. Can I just say, fucking uh-huh. hell, that double page spread. Oh. Uh... Yes. That made me shiver. It's brilliant, but uh, uh, no, it's too many legs. <laughs> too many legs. I had no issue with that or anything like that, but yeah, I just thought it was nice and pretty, even though if it takes a minute to be like, wait, what am I looking at? Oh, right, there's Mifio over there, I guess, maybe. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. It looks a bit anusy. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, now we know what Phil doesn't like. 
The <laughs> thing is, I don't know what it is. Like, I'm not bothered by bugs, generally speaking. But when it's that big and it's got that many legs, like, oh, it's a lot. Just the thought of it freaks me out. And so it's, it's another a example big of bug. Another example of the stark improvement of the art from the first volume to the second. Oh yeah, definitely. Because yeah, it is good. Now the art was never bad, but it's really good. <laughs> yes, this is also the chapter where they ended up getting cut up. Because yes, that, that does yes, happen sometimes. Basically, the whole point is they hear about forests. People that go there hear hear the wind, but it's not the wind, and they go mad and start coughing up blood and die. And ah, uh, and it turns out actually it's just a parasitic worm bug thing. That, that is the one thing I would say against the art, is that a couple of times you get these things, like, both with the meteor and um, then this chapter, where they're like, oh, there's this constant noise all along, or with the meteor, oh, it always gives a silver sheen. But that's never really reflected through art. And yes, I appreciate the first example I gave is of a noise in a manga, which <laughs> does not have audio. But I feel you do something to... color, which is... No, because you could do like a visual effect for the silver bit. Well, I like, get, yeah, I suppose you could kind of have it shiny. Yeah. It's black and white, everything's silver. Uh, <laughs> thank you. It's more like, I feel definitely with the tree one, they could have at least done something like jagged lines or something to kind of show this dirt, not disturbance, noise, pollution or something in the background. I don't know. I feel they could yeah, do something I, artistically. I do think they had some, I can't think what you'd call them. Sound, Japanese sound, sound effects? effects? Yeah. FX? Okay. That yeah, SFX, yeah. but obviously they're in Japanese, so you might not necessarily have noticed. That's them. fair. If that was the case, then fair enough. To be fair, uh, to give this chapter a plus point, though, it does also have my favourite joke, of, I think, of the whole thing, where the, the samurai's like, oh my god, we'll have to cut her down to get yeah, her. That'll I, kill I her. Like Wait. <laughs> Just that <laughs> sudden lock between the samurai and you, then like, Oh, wait, she can't die. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that the comedy in this is pretty solid. I don't yeah. think every joke I... hits, but I do think it's pretty funny. I, I think it's because... Weirdly it... did not get tired of Mifia. I have sort of like the one where she randomly falls off cliffs early on. I didn't get tired of Mifia being like, dum-de-dum, arrow, dead. <laughs> to be fair, actually, they don't, they don't play that one. Too many times, either. Yeah, like, like the, the shtick is they always the shtick. If the shtick is they always die, then it would be very, very easy to drive that one into the ground, both metaphorically and figuratively. But it, like, it would be very, very easy to make that very boring, and they don't. And I think they do somehow keep it fresh all this time. God knows how they'll do that long term if that's going to continue to be the joke. But they managed it so far. I, I think that like so miserable. Yes. <laughs> I liked it for two volumes, but you know, I'll probably be bored in three, so it's No, trash. I was I was about to say I actually think they're capable of doing it. Like I think like while that could be a problem down the line, I don't think it will be. Because I think this is very, very competently written. Well say so as well, it I feel even by the time we get to the end of volume two, it seems to be playing less on this sort of idea of like, ha ha ha, they died and now they're back alive again. Like, it seems to be pulling back from that a little bit. Oh, they literally die in chapter eight. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, I'm not saying they don't die, but it's more, it's not given as prominent importance. That sense. Well, it's just yeah. like, yes, yes, we're immortal, moving on. Yeah, the fact that they are immortal is a plot point, not a set piece from that point. Yeah, it's, it's more like we've, we've done the gag. 
everyone who's up to this point already knows what's going on. We don't have to rehash it over and over and over. You know, maybe, maybe if they die in a particularly funny way, then we'll give it a bit more focus. But every so often they fall into the open mouth of a crocodile or something stupid. Yes, <laughs> but yeah, it's good. And I don't think I was ever annoyed by any character, which again was another fine line to draw because of the the energy in this thing. It would be very easy to accidentally make someone annoying, but they never did. And I just feel like these char- I like all of these characters. Like I can't think of a single character I disliked. I mean, all two, all two of them are good. As, as oh, about me- to say, like I'm I'm thinking of the. <laughs> The, the side, side yeah. cast as well uh, as the main yeah, cast. This, this the thing, episodic like, characters, yeah. Character of the week, that's what I'm after. You don't really get a chance to get annoyed at them because because it is so episodic. They are there for a chapter, maybe a little bit after that, and then you get the interludes, I guess. But... It'd be very easy to be annoyed by them because, as we pointed out, like the structure of this is very similar chapter to chapter. It is they meet someone, try to die, they don't die, life story. <laughs> But despite keeping that same structure, it never feels boring or overdone. We'll say they I, do try. I and truly least... don't know how they wrote this. Like it's they, impressive. They do try pen. and uh, give them different companions every chapter as well. Like companions aren't all like obviously they're all different people, but they feel different as well. Yes, and their motivations are similar, but never the same. Mm. And like, yeah, it's a truly impressive. Even if you're not into this story, it's still impressively written. So, like, props to the writer on this one. It's it's good. I mean, I can't be into this. It's not an isekai. <laughs> Is that because that's the only thing we can be into at the moment? That's that's the only thing that sells. Oh, okay. Well, I in my opinion, it is an isekai. So, I mean, you know. get telling that to the licensors. Right? I will. <laughs> you could market it as an isekai, but it's not. You could market it as an isekai. And then people be like, "Is that an isekai?" And you'd be like, "Ah, but is it though?" Ah, but you've already bought the volume by that point, so got you. <laughs> that feels like a scam. <laughs> In fact, I'm going to drop the feels like. <laughs> oh no, I've I've misgenred this work. False advertising, yes. <laughs> False advertising, yeah. I I feel like that's a stretch because then because the, then you imagine if you had to get into the court then and like. Legally define isekai. <laughs> it could I, happen. <laughs> I don't think you necessarily have to legally define isekai. You just have to say this is not isekai, as is. No, no. As I said, there's enough. There's enough nebulous room for interpretation. Mm. Completely railing the point. But if you were to take this point to court, and you would have to then legally define what an isekai is, so you could prove that something is or is not that. And because it's been legally defined within the confines of that case, it will then be set as precedent for every other case in the future. So we would have a legal definition for what an isekai is. And then in 50 years' time, the Supreme Court can overturn that definition. <laughs> um, well, yes. <laughs> oh, I'm sad now. <laughs> you could do that, I guess, but let's, let's not. Let's it, not. Um... Is there anything else anyone wants to bring up? I don't know if anyone wants to talk about the pacing of this or anything. Uh, the pacing, I think, is great because it's episodic. Like, I think it's more like it's good, but I do feel like some chap some chapters kind of ra- raced by, and then some dragged, like the bandits. Some just dragged on. I felt. I feel like that comes down more to personal taste because I feel like the 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 final chapter we read, the priestess, the, and the assassin, and and, yeah, whatever. 
that felt like it dragged on a lot, but it actually wasn't really any longer than anything else. All the chapters are mostly like between 30 and 40 pages, I think. So. Yeah. I do think it gets a bit text heavy on occasion. That's one thing I was noting. I did stop kind of caring about that eventually because it stopped really being an issue because I started to become engrossed in the world. One I thought was very text heavy. Bear in mind, I have a higher threshold for you that. Do was the one with Mysteria, was it? The tentacle plushy lady? Mm-hmm. And that's specifically because after she died, they find a letter she wrote. So you just get a lot of... You, you Obviously, you do get art behind it, but you get, here is her letter, effectively. No, I feel like if you just like skim through, there's a lot of text on a lot of pages. Like, like most of the pages are covered up with speech bubbles because there's just so much text going on. Which is not necessarily a problem. Like, it very much does show and doesn't tell. Like, it doesn't, like, ever break out into, I'm going to describe what I'm feeling. It, uh, you very much get, understand that through the art and the, the plot that's ongoing. It's just, there is a lot of text, and I feel like you do have to overcome that a little bit in order to really get into this. But once you are into it, it doesn't seem to matter anymore. I mean, the other thing as well is, like, there's nothing particularly difficult contained within that text really no they're not it, it's not a despite all the things that it talks about with time and space and magic it's not overly <laughs> complex we'll say like we, we say it talks about time and space it it mentions it in passing pretty it, much it mentions concepts yes like it, it basically has, loops it, this is just a space time warp we're just looping in space that's it. yeah while it does mention these things it's it's not overly a complex story at all Despite the fact it also is a complex story. Oh, I think I hate this thing a little bit. <laughs> like, everything is one thing, but also the exact opposite. So I think the closest you get to, like, complex was, um, I think it was actually in the chapter they burned down the forest, where it's a yeah. turn of night, and they're like, man, what happens if we just, like, never cure ourselves, and the world ends? Like, what happens then? They just start, they kind of start that sort of whole philosophical thing, and then Myth is just like, ah, no, actually, I don't care shuts it down before it gets too too uh, existential, I guess. I guess I would say it's emotionally complex, but physically kind of dumb. <laughs> like, all the physical stuff that happens in it, like the, the physical comedy and things like that, that's all very, very, very easy to understand. Uh, there's nothing too complex going on there. But then when they start talking about philosophy and emotions and stuff, it gets very heavy very quickly. And so that juxtaposition does make the thing feel very unique. I don't think it gets emotionally heavy, but I mean, heavy in the, the sense of a lot of what heavier than the the world, sure. But yeah, like, I, I don't know. So, as we sort of said, you do occasionally get those sort of, for lack of a better term, emotional gut punch. Yeah, like the, say with Mysteria and she dead. Romeo and Juliet and sort of she that dead. sort of thing. Lots of death in this. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, funny that. <laughs> I mean, why, why is there death in a series called Killing Me, Killing You? I Please explain. Why is there death in a series where the two protagonists are trying to kill themselves? I'm starting to think this isn't a very nice one to show the kids. <laughs> Even though it kind of is. You know, honestly, I would say no, don't yeah, show it to kids. Yeah, but it's still I would like... Never, if a kid read this, I wouldn't have a problem. Yeah, that's the ah. How is everything in this manga one thing, and also the exact opposite of that thing. 
It's a fucking impressive read. Like, it's not doing anything, like, so mature that the kid shouldn't be able to see it. And no. I don't... Depending on their age, a lot of it is probably just going to go over their head and it's just going to be some goofy, silly hijinks. Yes, I don't disagree with that aspect, but it's also generally... While I don't think there's a problem discussing suicide as a topic with younger people, I think it's something you have to be very careful about. Well, that's one thing I will say about this. Yes, the two main characters are trying, literally trying to die. They're trying to kill themselves or each other or whatever. Just They're trying to end their lives, but it's not about suicide. As yeah. such. It's not about like the emotional state that goes that drives someone to make that decision. I never got the feeling that either character's depressed, for example. Absolutely not, no. Um, it was yeah. very, very, a, it's a very light-hearted thing. And yes, obviously it's literally them talking about killing themselves, so if that's an I issue... Suppose, I suppose, you... the, again, it comes back to this sort of perspective they gain towards the end of what we read, where it's like, are they actually on a journey to try and kill themselves, or is it just to end their immortality? Those are two different goals, mentally. Like, one, one informs another, but... While it doesn't mention it explicitly, I do also interpret it as um, them trying to find meaning in their immortality if they are unable to accomplish either of those goals. Yeah, I think the idea is obviously they're just journeying around trying to make at least a little bit of their eternal existence more entertaining, I guess. They're also um, actively... like These are good people. Like They actively try to make other people's lives better when they meet them like they're not yeah, like, like it'd be so easy to be evil if you're a squid monster and immortal you know if you're immortal you could pretty much do whatever you want and there's very little people could do about it i suppose exactly yeah like you could just like oh no i've been sent to jail <laughs> cool <laughs> oh no they're gonna execute me cool <laughs> like you're immortal who cares you can wait but yeah, yeah. It, it's it'd be very easy to be evil if you were immortal but they are they do try to be good people and they actively try to make everyone else's lives better it'd be easy to be jaded as well but they, at least they're not there yet maybe they will be in the future but who knows but i wouldn't say necessarily try to make people's lives better it's more when they meet someone they're just like um yeah sure we we can give you a hand or something maybe yeah they try to put good out into the world yeah in general like they, they could just ignore people but they don't yeah. generally it does go a long way to make these characters very, very likable. Because while I'm not usually into the kind of character that Mythia is, like the loud, emphatic, ecstatic kind of... Uh, I don't really know how to describe it beyond that, but like, not really into that kind of character usually, but I really liked her. I did. She, I never found her annoying. I found her quite endearing, in fact. And I think the fact that she's willing to do nice things for people really does go a long way toward that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's a. As I say, there's no depth really to her character, but she is just a nice. Ha I was going to say happy, that's the wrong word. She's a nice lead character who drives the story forward, even though it's not really about her per se, and has good interactions with the character. Like, plays off well with others, including youth. She does what she needs to do to make the story and narrative and world interesting, so. Yeah, and uh, I think that's the final thing I had to say about it. Then in that case, let's move to our usual conclusion questions. What's a conclusion question? I have no idea. But the conclusion questions 
are uh, whether we would read more, buy more, watch an adaptation, or in Phil's case, if he would recommend it. And so I shall go to, you know what? I'm going to put him on the spot for once. Phil, I'm going to put you first. No. No. I know. So um, I'm assuming you have read more of this. Not that there's much more you can read, cough. Not not everything that's out, but yes, everything that's translated. I was going to say, it would be impossible to read everything that's out unless you've magically learned how to read Japanese since we asked about You don't know me. We should probably learn how to read Japanese for this show. Well volunteered, Mike. So, (laughs) Phil, would you buy... Would you, if this did get localised, would you buy it? Would you watch it if it gets anything more than the PVs it currently has? And would you recommend this for people interested in non-Isekai fantasy? That is maybe Isekai fantasy. <laughs> Might be an Isekai. <laughs> Let's just assume it's not an Isekai, because there's no real reason to... I'd love to do that. There's no real reason to believe it is an Isekai, so let's just say it is not an Isekai. So, I think I would be quite happy to buy this. I really enjoy it, generally. Like Even the chapter you two were less of a fan of, I, I quite enjoyed, and I think was probably one of my favourite, which... I think tells you how much I enjoyed the series. I think it does again depend a little potentially on how long it ends up going on for or what it does to keep it fresh, I suppose. Because you could it could just stay episodic and you know that'd be fine if it goes for say four volumes. What if it was five, six, seven, eight volumes and it was still just fairly episodic? I'd be a bit I feel at a certain point I'd just be like you know what, I'm probably done. Whereas if it maybe tries to bring in something a little less episodic, it could do quite easily. You know, have the occasional two-parter or maybe a little arc or something where they're investigating something, I don't know. It'd be make a bit more sense if it went on for long. But yeah, at the very least, from what we've read and how much is available, I would happily buy all of that, I think. I, yeah, I think I would watch anything that was animated of it, because while action isn't the focus of this, there is definitely action going on in some way, be it they're running away from bandits, or you do occasionally get those scenes of like some something happening, say like you've got the um, ginormous parasite worm thing. Like, it'd be horrifying to see it animated, but Mm-hmm. I would be impressed to see it animated. So yeah, I would I would watch it. And as for recommending it, it would depend a little on the person, I think, because Oh my god, Phil, that's always your cop out. <laughs> no. This is a very specific reason. Okay. Generally I would have no problem recommending it. However, because while it's not exactly full blown it's not like Say Sayonara Zetsubo Sensei. Perhaps not perhaps quite as suicide focused, I guess. Yeah. Point is, because of the topic it's dealing with, I would be hesitant to recommend it to certain people, I suppose. So it would depend on the person. But in general, I would have no problem recommending it. If someone's like, I need a fantasy series, I'd be like, yeah, check this one out. Just, you know, don't if you're horribly depressed and suicidal it might start giving you thoughts maybe no fair enough i again i think i made clear in the episode i never really 
so like it never really put me in the mind suicidal but i can also completely see where you've come from for me that's more just like a i'm a bit cautious in that sense like i don't think it would necessarily be a bad thing to do so but also i would rather just say you know what no just go read something else that might not potentially lead you down some dark thoughts but phil every isekai is a suicide Mm. I didn't necessarily say isekai, Sean. They, they all get truck cunned, Phil. And also, what if this you, isn't what if you recommend slime to someone and they decide to go get truck cunned? Very different here. What if you're <laughs> recommending it to a person who happens to be immortal? Then I would ask them to tell me their secret, to be perfectly honest. You want to be immortal? You don't? No. God, oh no. my god. You've now, that was my question for Phil at the end of the episode, you fiends. <laughs> <laughs> Shit! <laughs> All I'm saying is the existential dread is strong. Nah, I would. I do not want to live forever. Absolutely not. I'm a very much a Bon Jovi, probably. Uh, I would. I take it. I take immortality. Nah, I wouldn't. I've got no problem with being. I wouldn't mind living a while, but I'd want like an end point. I was going to say. I suppose it would depend. Is it the kind of immortality where it's, you get it? That's it. No going back, or is it like you could be like, you know what? No. I'm done. I would also and hate to have like the vampire style of immortality where like, oh yeah, you're immortal, but you go out in the sun once, you're fucked. <laughs> well, you're yeah, sure yeah but that's, that's not... Oh, that's not an issue <laughs> for me personally. That's being a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> it's not an issue for me personally, because I don't go outside. But it, it's but more you like... Need, you need to drink blood, Mike. <laughs> yeah, also not really an issue for me. I'm, I'm like, your partner's only got so much. <laughs> Dad, I'll be fine. <laughs> Got cats. Okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> right. Okay. On that note. So would I? Would I? <laughs> what would I do? I uh, know, Sean. What would you do? Oh, thanks, buddy. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I I really enjoyed this. I made comparisons early on to kind of likes of Mushishi. I think um, Girls Last Tour was another one, which is also very kind of episodic, very world focused, over character driven. And to me, that's that's great. I've got no problem with it. Being that episodic format, I could quite comfortably read 10, 15 more volumes of it. Like, I watched the entire series of Mushishi, which was like 26 episodes, which is all episodic. And it was still as great at the end as it was at the start. There were some good ones, some bad ones, but at the end of the day, I had no problem with it being that kind of, like, no a long-running narrative whatsoever. I think as long as you keep the interesting ideas coming, and I think the world that they've set up with the sci-fi elements the brilliant author's brilliant ability to have these twists and reveals that come out of nowhere that keep you on your toes. I really enjoyed it. Admittedly, slightly less so on the second read-through when I went through because I was a bit more kind of knew what was going to happen. And then, as I mentioned, I found some chapters like the Bandit one to drag, especially on a second read-through when they're reciting this endless list of names for no purpose. But uh, on the whole, uh, it's more hits than misses. I, in both its writing, its setting, its comedy, and especially as it goes on later, its art. So I, I really, really enjoyed it. And I wish we got to see more stuff like this over it, Isekai. One, I've reincarnated as a demon's hobgoblin's mother and all that. Here's my stat block. Exactly. It just, just, it's oh my so God, much. Giving away next week's episode. Go on. Yeah, there's just this in an industry that is so, so full of isekai, I do just miss really fun fantasy. And I know I made jokes about it. Is it isekai? Is it not? It's irrelevant to the discussion, really. At the end of the day, this is just 
a good fantasy series, and I wish we got more of this than countless video game isekais. This, to me, will always be what I love. As I said, Mishishi was one of my favourite animes ever made, and I get the feeling that, depending on how this went on, this could be definitely a manga I utterly fell in love with. So I hope it gets licensed, because I would absolutely love to buy it. Uh, I would absolutely read more if there was a legal way to do so, because of the way I consume manga. And uh, I do hope it gets an anime. I don't think it will, based off of how long it's been going and the regularity of releases and other bits and pieces. I don't think it's probably been successful enough that it will get an adaptation, but I hope it does. Either way, I, I don't foresee this being the kind of work that gets adapted. To be blunt, I don't foresee this being the kind of work that gets licensed, which is an incredible shame, because it's great, but there's only three volumes, so not that attractive to a licensor at the moment. So... Yeah, I, I hope it does. I would definitely support it if it does. Uh, but sadly, I don't see it going that way. Which is a shame, because this is brilliant, and I do think people should check out more stuff like this. Start Maybe read one less Isekai and read one more this. That would be that would be a great start to saving the fantasy genre. Mike, we will close with you for the first time in a while. Would you... Oh. Would you read more? Would you buy the manga with the hypothetical money that I'm now giving you? Mm-hmm. Would you watch the anime adaptation if it got one? So my answer is not very complicated, but it is slightly different to usual because... Yeah, I swear to God, if your answer is going to be yes, but no. <laughs> no, no, they're very definitive answers. It would fit after this entire episode of how yes. Mike's been saying. It would absolutely fit in theme with this, but no, uh, because not only would I read this, but I have actually read all that I, is currently available to me because I really enjoy it. I enjoy it a lot. I would actually like if, I know I wasn't posed the question of would I recommend it, but I would. I think it is very, very well done. I don't think it does a lot wrong. It does have some missteps here and there, but nothing comes close to ruining the overall theming of it. And I said this in the podcast, while I do have reservations about longevity. I would be very happy to buy this and then just like buy it like one volume at a time. So I'd buy like the first three volumes because I know I like that. And then if I still like it by the end of volume four, I'd buy volume five. And by the end of volume five, I'd buy volume six. And then I would just stop if I stopped liking it. But I don't think that would happen. I really do believe in the ability of this author to tell a fun, compelling story with the world that they've created. And it really can go anywhere. That does, of course, mean they can ruin it as well. But I don't think they will. Like, this is the the good old benefit of the doubt that I like to talk about. And I, yeah, I really, really like this. So, yes, I would buy this. Yes, I would read this. But I would not watch an anime of it, weirdly. Gosh. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know what it is, but something about this strikes me as it would be a much better read than it would be a watch. Like, I'd want to, like, actually focus properly on this, and I'd want to, like, be able to take it slower than an anime would. And I'm not saying it wouldn't benefit from being animated, because you pointed out a few scenes where it would be. It's just, I really feel like this would be a better experience as a read rather than a animated show of some description. So, yeah, I, I would absolutely recommend the manga to people, but I don't think I would actually watch it. I don't have the same reservations that Phil has with giving people ideas and stuff because I don't think the story strays into that. It's not what it's about. While it is mentioned, obviously, 
it is more about the things around these characters that they encounter and then a bit of like a light sprinkling of philosophy on top of that and because of that i do feel it's very entertaining and yeah it is as you pointed out sean it is a quality fantasy take in a world plagued with that blocked mechanical bloat i am the biggest power around but the lowest rank for some reason isekai because it's not concerned with its mechanics except when it is but yeah <laughs> it's a not a <laughs> fuck's sake it's not a hard to read thing but it here we tackles... go he's doing it again <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> it's not hard to read it's not hard to read but it does do some tougher concepts and it does it in an understandable way and i really appreciate it for that and i do think it is definitely one of the strongest we've, things we've read all year so far. And that's the that's the end of that thought. No, I uh, I agree. This is uh, I have my own mini tier list, and this is definitely one of the very few in the top tier alongside yeah. Bleach. So, Bleach doesn't count. Which doesn't I, count. Bleach absolutely counts. It's my tier list. <laughs> get fucked. Okay, okay. <laughs> your tier list, your tier list. But when we get to Trash Tacular Three, it doesn't count. I. Sure. We'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to. There's a while to go before we get to that. But yes, we will. Is the, we will get is to that. It's the, like half a year. That's like five episodes. In fact, more than that. But uh, <laughs> well, either way, yes, a uh, definitely one of the highlights of year three so far. And I'm surprised Phil made us read something so good. But uh, if you also want to check out, if you want to watch something so good then you can. Okay, he's just... Okay, great. Okay, that's I'll, right. I'll, that's... I'll, do the, I'll do the full setup for you. If you oh, want to... So go on over to TV slash Pazekra for yeah, that's me. Okay. quality content. Yeah. You know what? I think we nailed that one together. <laughs> I think that thing went really well. <laughs> yes, you can see me at twitch.tv slash Pazekra. B-E-R-S-E-K-R-E-R. For video games. For video games, yeah. He's yes. over, over 800 followers now. By this point, this is coming out. Probably several other people have cashed in their victories alongside me. So we will lots see. of fun stuff to come up. And the Pokemon randomizer race, which I've now said. Still so, not happening. That's, that'll be cut. <laughs> so, yes, uh, do, do definitely do definitely check him out. I want to I see the boy get to 1,000 followers now. Less than 200 to go. Help him out. Go twitch.tv slash Pazekra. Go push him, push him up. Let's boost our boy. Phil, what, what are you gonna do? We've already done the question. Yeah, but I'm gonna ask you it again, as if we didn't. Uh, oh, no, oh. Would you would you choose immortality or not? Like, oh, if it yeah. was forever. Oh, like, who 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 would ever want to? Uh, yes, yeah, of course. Yes, same, same. Good choice. You're both Good choice. weird. The existential dread is real, Mike. <laughs> Ed, you can say we're both weird, but uh, you'll be dead and we'll be alive. So who's winning? Yeah, <laughs> me. Wow. Fucking end me. Wow. <laughs> Maybe this manga wasn't a good suggestion tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, you can join us in the forever. You can follow Phil at Fanaxkian. You can follow me at Slazer King for my takes on whatever I am doing at the current moment in time. Early November, uh, Pokemon might be out by now or around now or soonish. So, uh, you can look forward to tweets on Gen 9 soon. 
You can follow the podcast as a whole at Trash Manga Cast. You know all this bit I'm about to say. You follow, you get notified the moment a new episode goes live. But you can also subscribe. We're on Apple and Google and Stitcher and TuneIn and Spotify. So whichever series takes your fancy, get on there. Follow, subscribe, like, rate, review, tell a friend. You know all of that good stuff that you do for all of the podcasts you follow because you're such a good listener. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Um, I got very weird. New kink unlocked? I mean, speaking of getting weird and new kink unlocked, Phil, tell us, oh, Trashmaster, what is happening next time on a very normal episode of Trash Manga Friends? It is a very normal episode, Sean. Why, why would it be a not normal episode? I don't know. Why... I mean, it's the one after 68, so therefore, the most I mean, normal. Yeah, the, the episode before 70 is clearly going to be perfectly normal. Exactly. Doesn't sound like a particular milestone episode. But not, nothing important about that number at all. Like, no, I mean, we just did a special episode on Bleach, so, you know, why, why would yeah. we... Yeah. Perfectly normal episode in which we're going to read Rakujitsu no Pathos, or, as it's known in English, Sunset of Passion. Yeah, that sounds normal. Sounds normal. Yeah. I'm having moist a, in anticipation. Having a no- <laughs> uh. Really? Yeah. That, that, that's how you're ending that, is it? Okay. Yeah. yeah. See you. <laughs> See you next time, folks. Bye.